Silverback Chronicles Podcast, it's your boy Big Gage, that brother Dre. Yo, what it is? Que lo que? What's poppin'? Que lo why? Chillin'. Here. Right. Back for another phenomenal episode. Absolutely. Triple C. Yo. What's good, baby? Maintaining, chillin', bro. All day, every day. People, we love you. We appreciate you. Listen, keep tuning in. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Don't forget, July 11th, our third annual uh, goddamn mm-hmm. law enforcement happy hour. It's going to be at the Fells Point Tavern on Thames Street. Bring a friend. Tell that friend to bring some more friends. Free drinks, free food, all in your boys in blue. Shout out to our brother Charlie Schultz, Berman Sober and Gross. Listen, nobody's doing this the way we're doing it. Third annual. All right? Yeah, anybody that's been on this podcast, how many episodes we got? 154. 154. If you've been on this podcast, show up, because it's for y'all as well. Come through, shake hands, let's drink, let's laugh, all the good shit. Right. And dance, too, a little two-step. A little two-step. Word. I'm bringing a little thing with you. Why not? Why not? You know? You know what I mean? Word. Enjoy Oof. those point. Exactly. Enjoy the, enjoy the scenery. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Laugh. Let's have fun. Bring some cigars. And let's talk, man. Let's have fun. But uh, we're going to mingle, talk to everybody, and just continue to bridge this gap, continue to you know meet new friends, have people love what we do, and let's just have fun. That's it. But no further ado, we're going to get into this right now. We got a fellow brother on the job. Phenomenal man. Can't talk enough about him. We're not going to stop. He's known us from the beginning, beginning. Absolutely. Right? Back in the Northeast days. Back in the Northeast days. But ladies and gentlemen, from the very beginning, we love this brother. We appreciate him. With no further ado, our brother Kyle is in the building. What's up, baby? What's going on? Thanks for having me. No, I think, me? Yeah, yeah, enough? bring it to you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like there this. we go. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Right, but thanks for having me. Nah, thank Cheers. you for coming on, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It's a true honor for you to be here because, uh, yeah. like I said, you watched us. You know, I, I know there's been a couple times I remember back in the day, you'd be like, yo, uh, you know, you helped me out. Yeah. You know, you wasn't like, ah, you know, this guy's a rookie. I'm going to let him fucking do whatever he wants. Put me to the side like, yo, this is the way you do certain things and taught us how to move a certain way. Appreciate that. No problem. You know, it's the way it used to be, but. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just doing what we did. Yeah. So where you from, born and raised? Born in Andrews Air Force Base. Oh, shit. On a plane? Nah, not quite, I don't think. He said on a plane. Yeah. Gotta love him. Sure. Well done. I didn't know there's... You know, like Army Army bases, Air Force bases, Naval bases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So, and then just kind of grew up all over. Yeah. And settled in the county. Settled in the county. Yeah. (laughs) That's nice. Well said. But yeah, you know, that's it. And then wandered into BPD when I was 19. Started as a cadet. 19? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually had a, uh, so I had had a baby. So I needed to work and I was taking community college classes at night and I had a teacher who was a recruiter. He worked in personnel mm. oh, and he okay. just like pulled me aside one day and he's like, yo, you look like shit. Like, what's your deal? I told him what I had going on. He's like, well, if you be there tomorrow at 6 a.m., I'll like give you the test and we'll see what's up. Showed up at 6 a.m. I was hired in like three months. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was it. Just took off running. Been here since. Yeah. But yeah. 
Damn, so you grew up on the job pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I grew up, like you said, on the job, but in the department. You right. know what I mean? So I've watched how things have evolved. And it's like being in a family. They don't act like a family, but like how you know how your family operates. You know what's going to fly. You know how they think, how they do things. So it's that's kind of how it is. Wow. Yeah. So what does BPD mean to you? Uh, opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of people, I know it's in vogue to bash it, but it is whatever you make it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe that. Like, uh, I wandered in kind of like a stray dog. Wow. No education, no job prospects, no skills, like nothing. You know what I mean? And just showing up every day, being willing to do it. You know, I was able to make a life for myself. And it's how I put food on the table, how I put a roof over the head. You know what I mean? So to me, that's what it is. Mm. It's opportunity. But if you want to come and complain and not do shit and it sucks, it'll be that. But if you want to make you some money, you want, you know, your kids to have nice things, your wife to drive a nice car. Come on. You know, you can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's really what it is. Mm. But yeah. So how long you was in the street until you wanted to take on the supervisor role? Uh, I think I got promoted. I was 27 when I got promoted. So about seven years. When did you know that it was time for you to do that? Um, and why did you want to step into that? So my dream job. So when I was a cadet, so before you go to the academy, if you're under 21, you're a cadet. I was in OCD, which was Organized Crime Division. It's like citywide drugs. And watching those dudes, like I was like, man, I want to be a drug sergeant. Like that was like my dream job. I thought there was nothing cooler. Like those dudes... Cause you know, back then the sergeant was, it was like, fucking cool. yeah. And he was like the fucking dude, you know what I mean? Like mm. always resourceful, always had it under control. You went to him with anything. He took care of it all. So I was like, yo, that's what I want to be. And then I was eligible before that, but I knew I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? I was still doing whatever. And then, so when I was about 27, I decided, okay, I'll study for it and take it. And then really what pushed me is I had a sergeant who sucked. And I was just like, yo, like, this isn't gonna work. You know what I mean? If I have this dude, like, I should probably be a sergeant. Mm. Ready. I have a two-part question. Before you became a sergeant, what units were you a part of when you was actually, like, on the job so, after the cadet? So I was in Western, then I was in Pennsylvania Avenue. So way back, I, do they still have Pennsylvania Avenue? I don't think so. No. Because I, I know that was that on the west side, and then, like, Monument Street was on the east side. Right. So yeah, it was... Those initiatives kind Every district had a drug unit. And right. then they created Pennsylvania Avenue, and they created Monument Street. Yeah. And I was actually in both of those. Oh, cool. And then I was in Eastern Drugs, and from Eastern Drugs, I promoted out. Was drugs for you? Yeah, that was it. That was the... Because I started OCD, you know what I mean? So it was just like... What was it about the drug, drug game that got you hooked? Um, on removing those guys from the street. I was just drawn to it. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, there are a lot of odd parallels between police and drug dealers. Mm. You know what I mean? If you just kind of, if you're perceptive and receptive to it and you kind of tap into your senses, you know what I mean? Like it just- It clicks. It clicks it and does. you just get it. You know what I mean? And you just learn little tricks. And there, back then, there were so many dudes who were talented at it. Right. You know, like it was yeah. a dude, a dude who taught me how to do covert 
And that became my like bread and butter. I was gonna ask you, what was your bread and butter like? Covert. Covert. You, you fuck that. You say, hey, <laughs> this dude, that place, I'll figure it out. Mm. I will figure it the fuck out. Sneak in. Sneak in. I'll walk around. You know what I mean? I'll sit on some steps. I'll, you know, but it was an old white dude who taught me how to do it. Wow. And it was crazy because everybody used to shit on him. They said he was lazy, this, that. For people that don't know what covert is, explain that. for Basically, them. it's hiding and watching drug dealers. Mm. And so what you'll do is you'll watch for a period of time. And what I like to do is I watch them distribute the drugs. And I have a partner of mine go grab the person that bought the drugs and recover the drugs from them. And back then you locked them up, lock them up. And, you know, if I'm watching Dre, right, if for whatever reason I'm on Dre, I'll watch all week long as he hits people off and say it's six dudes in the squad. We'll get six of the people that buy drugs from him every day. Six junkies. So everybody has wow. to lock up. And then on Friday, I'll just go up and grab Dre without even watching, without anything. Just go pick him up. Yeah, come here real quick. All the PC's done already. So you've got, and every time you sell drugs to somebody, that's three charges, right? It's possession. I'm sorry, six charges. Possession, possession with intent, and distribution. And then you've got the conspiracy to do it. Yep. If someone collects the money or if someone's watching out for you. So if we watch a group of dudes, you know what I mean? We'll watch them all week. And every day they got six. We got six people from them. And we'll come grab them all. And then six times six, 36 charges for everybody mm. per day. You know, and that was just. I never heard of that before. Because usually when people do covert, by the end of the shift, you're locking up the drug dealer. I mean, you that's. You wait it. That's to, pretty to me, To me, you're playing the short game. Yeah. Because I'm not. I'm, I'm not all about. Not for right now. I'm about being efficient. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm on to somebody, Okay. He's going to be here every day. Absolutely. Why lock him up today? And then tomorrow I got to figure out where I'm going. Right. Tomorrow I got to, because drugs is a rat race. It is. You got to bring something to the table every day. So if I know I got you for this week, this is about to be a smooth week. Right. I mean, this shit going to be cool. And then say, I see you get into a car. Say, I see you go into a house. Mm -hmm. Say, I see, okay, those are our search warrants. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know what I mean? You just play the game, you know, over a period of time. And that's just... Just let it unfold. Yeah, and that's all money. That's all... It's all money. It's all money. You know what I mean? Yep. Court and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. If, if we think about it, on the last day, if we grab four dudes and they all got, you know, 80 charges, that's going to take a long time. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to grab you at the end of the shift. Mm -hmm. There we go. We good. We in here. And just do that week in, week out. You know what I mean? That's all it is. Wow. Yeah. And you yes. did that for a while. For a while, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had a couple of phenomenal drug cops here, and you're the first one to say that. What? To watch watch the whole week. Oh, yeah. But every, but and, but that's the beauty of the drug game, is that you can do it however you want. The style, yeah. It's, it's dudes that are way better than me that don't do that. They would, they'd be like, absolutely not would I ever do that. <laughs> but that's the beauty of it. You can do it however you want. You know what I mean? So that's what I liked about it. And then, like I said, the money, the hours, you know what I mean? Just the the coming and going. Like you adopt some of the characteristics of drug dealers, right? Because if I'm targeting you and you're out here at 6 a.m., well, what time do I need to be out here? Right. Right, probably 530. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Get I need to be ready for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then everywhere you're at, you know, I need to be 
And the same way he got kids, he got to take care of. I got to take care of mine. So as he, hey, watch the corner real quick. I got to go do, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I'm going to have my boy, hey, yo, watch him real quick. I'm going to go take my kid to school. Right? right? I got soccer practice real quick. Go ahead. Right. And just let me know what he does. And it just works like that. Let me ask you a question. Um, you ever had any, like, close encounters while in covert? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, they would... Old Heads used to tell the story of that they would set the covert on fire. Like, if they found out you're using... I mean, I'm nothing like that has ever happened. But um, there, there have been a couple times where I've been hiding and someone's come in, you know, either uh, by accident, right? Like, they just use this vacant for whatever... Or someone said I was in there, and they've come in to see if I was in there. But I mean, that's a handful of time, huh? What'd you say? I said it's been a handful of times. And what was that like? Like if you're up on a fucking roof? Like so, very rarely did I use a roof. And if you came up onto a roof with me, that meant one thing. So you know, but like if you're in like the second or third story or whatever, you know, a dude comes in there, like you kind of just be like, "What's up?" Like, are we doing this or wow, or is it going to be cool? You know what I mean? Wow. And, you know, dudes don't, this is before body cameras, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that. So, you know, it, it always turned out fine. Mm. Yeah. Could you imagine that shit? You fucking sitting there watching somebody, somebody. But you, you, know? learn, you learn tricks like uh, when I go into a house, you know, there's a lot of debris and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I set I set those things up as like target indicators. Ah. So if you're d- gonna come into the stairwell, you'll knock something over, mm. and then okay, somebody's in here, and like you know things like that. You know, you learn that as you go. So, say I'm. You just set little booby traps. Right, and it's all just to <laughs> so I know. So if I'm you know second floor left window facing out, and I hear right, I'm gonna go to the back of the house. Right. Like quietly, I'm gonna move back there. And have myself like a way where I see you come up the steps before you see me. So it's That's just wild. Yeah, just tricks of the trade. Like I was never in a bando commando. I could never do it. Oh, those are the best. No. Those are the best. Mm. Cause it's just Bando Commando. Yeah. No. Oh. Especially if you got a good one, nobody knows where you're at. My best spot was at elementary school. I can wow. say it now, like I don't give a fuck. Absolutely. Yeah. It was elementary school. Wow. Yeah, the guidance counselor's office. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like school was in session. Yeah. Well, they love that because you're doing. Well, they didn't like back then. They didn't care what the police did. Yeah. If you like walked up and hit the buzzer, like, hey, I need to come in. They're like, okay. Right. You know what I mean? Do what you do. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Right. They didn't ask questions. They didn't care. So just go to the guidance counselor's office. And she had a, like an L shaped desk. And she sat here and I would sit here looking out the window. Just jam off the phone the whole time. And she's just chilling. Yeah. She's she's <laughs> <all right. laughs> I mean that's dope because now you're getting people that are selling drugs across the street from school. Yeah. And that's a charge. And that's a huge charge. Right. Mm-hmm. In the school zone. And if they use a kid to collect the money or you know, do the hitting, right? Using the juvenile commission of a felony. Absolutely. Right. So the the charge is just they just keep adding up. Rack them all up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, you know, that's that's court money. That's Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It feels good just to sit there watching. Mm-hmm. N- none the wiser. In a nice clean office. Right. Yeah. I will say it's easier to do drugs in East Baltimore than West Baltimore. Really? I could agree to that. The West Baltimore dudes are way more sharp. savvy. They're sharp. Way smart. Really? Sharp. Yeah. Wow. Way more. They're in a whole nother league. And everything's so much tighter. 
Yeah. Like the landscape. Like in East Side, it's a little bit more like the land. Like, all right, like I'm thinking like the Western. So it depends what part, you know what I mean? Because there are parts of the Western that are tight. Yeah. That like you, it's real hard to get in. Like that whole, uh, just south of Mondawmin, RNG, like mm. Reisterstown in uh, Gwyns Falls. Mm. That area. Yeah. Bro, if you want to get in there, like it's a 4 a.m. morning. Like get out there early, find the spot and hope it's a good spot. <laughs> hope, they're, right. hope they're selling drugs where they were selling them yesterday. Wow. Because if they went down the block, you got to move and you got to figure it out again. But then there are spots where it's wide open. It's just easy, mm. you know? So just little things like that. But yeah. That's dope. Yeah. So when you finally became a supervisor, how did that feel for you? Um, it was a huge sense of accomplishment because, you know, like I said, like I just kind of showed up here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I already, when I became a sergeant, I already felt like I was punching above my weight class. And, um, you know, it was, I liked being a sergeant. Being a sergeant is probably the worst rank in the department, mm-hmm. but I like doing it because you have like the most hands-on with your squad and you kind of like directly influence exactly what they're doing every day. There was something you said earlier about like you wanted to take the test, but you knew you wasn't ready. So yeah, a couple years beforehand, I just knew I wasn't mature enough. So my question is, how do you feel about these these officers that take the test because they are tired of just being in patrol? I think the promotion process does need a little uh, like revising. Okay. Yeah, revising. because like there are some, like I've been in districts where a newly promoted sergeant comes and after talking to him for a little bit, you're like, so why are you a sergeant? Like, why are you here? You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. some people, they just feel like it's just the next step and they don't understand like, it is leadership. It is management. It's a lot. Yeah. But, you know, I think they need to revamp it and interview the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What Like, if you're going to come here and be the sergeant or lieutenant, what is your vision? Like, what is your philosophy? What's your methodology? What do you bring that to across? the table? Well, not even that, right? Like, say you're, say you're not incredibly skilled. Say you're not incredibly charismatic or whatever. But... You are trying to get us somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like that's okay. Like, what's your what's your objective? I see what exactly. you're saying. Okay. People get promoted and like, yo, what are you trying to do for us? Right. I'm just tired just of being. Make yeah, I'm tired yeah, of pushing, tired of being tired of pushing a car. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So but yeah, I think that's a question they should probably ask. Mm. But yeah. Now how far as you now you was just uh a sergeant for how long? Until you got Three. promoted again. I think it was I think it was three years, and then I got skipped on the list for a year. Yeah, I think I got promoted in 2019. Mm-hmm. So four years total. Yeah. And why And why lieutenant? Um, Because being a sergeant sucked. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, whatever. I'll just do the next thing. And uh, I actually, while I was a sergeant, I was the permanent uh, SIC, which is like sergeant in charge for another shift. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to practice being a lieutenant, see if I even liked it. And I liked that better than being a sergeant. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know. I'll do it. Nice. Yeah. But it's a little different for you because, I mean, like, again, you got on the job when you was 19. Yeah. So you saw a lot before you even got to the sergeant, Mm -hmm. lieutenant role. Yeah. Whereas, like, a kid that comes on 27 is like, ah, just fuck it, I just want to be a sergeant. He ain't see what you saw. Oh, yeah, no. And we also don't uh, push the rank and file to see. You know what I mean? Like, there would... 
back if you had a postcard, right? Like, what are you doing on your post? Right. Right. To make it safe, to keep these dudes from doing whatever. That doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't challenge a post officer. Any, like, we got a bunch of shootings or whatever here. Let's do an after action. And right. it just be what it is. So that also kind of formulated a lot of my opinions and views. That makes sense. Yeah. After actions. Have the job ever affected you? Like when you got off? What do you mean? To where you know, mentally it was exhausted and too much to deal with. Um, yeah, so I was diagnosed with PTSD when I was 22. And so that, I feel like, honestly, I feel like I lost years of my life to that. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because back then, there was no health and wellness. There was nobody to check on you. They, right. they sent you, back then we had PCA, which they sent you to. And they ended up firing the guy who ran that because he wasn't doing his job. But um, you went to PCA, you know, kind of talk things out and then back on the street. You know, my first shooting, I was back to work the next day. Was you? Yeah. So it was like. Do you care to elaborate on that situation? Um, what was that shooting like for you? What did it do to you? It was the it was I was 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was my first like first real life experience with the world. You know what I mean? You know how you become a man. You like, oh, I'm in the world now. Right. right? It might be buying a car. It might be getting your first apartment, whatever. Right. Yeah. That was mine. Right. Deep dive. Real world right here. And so that I wasn't equipped to deal with it. And the department wasn't equipped to help me. And it just kind of went on and on for years, you know, so. What was the call? No, I was actually 99. Was you? I was what? sitting on the desk and a dude in my squad arrested someone. The guy went into pro and probation, had a warrant. Dude in my squad arrested him and sat him by the front door and walked away from him. Left him there? Yeah, didn't put him in the cell, just couldn't tell you why. Puts him in the front door, puts him by the front door. Um... I'm sitting there. I'm just texting. You know what I mean? Like I always do. Yeah. Right? Facing my phone. And I hear like fingers touch the glass. And I look up and the dude's running out the door. I'm like, oh, shit. So I start chasing him. Just whatever. And we're running. He's a big dude. He's like your size. Mm-hmm. So I caught up to him relatively quickly. And he like runs up next to this car and just stops. And so I thought we were going to fight. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And like by the time I blink my eyes, he's in the car. He's in the car. Yeah, and I'm like, oh shit, he drove his own car. You know what I mean? Like, right, what the? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, I didn't know anything that was going on. I just right. saw a dude in handcuffs running out of the station. So I'm like, oh shit, he's in a car. And uh, I take my gun and I bust out the window. Mm-hmm. And I put my gun in his face. And I'm like, all right, like, enough. He goes, okay, you got me. And I reach to take the keys out of the ignition and he pops it in reverse. And reverses out, like, asses out, and then takes off. Down the street. And you're inside the car? My, he had one hand out of the cuffs. They were the flex cuffs. So he slipped out of it. So yeah, like. You hold it on. My torso is inside. My ass is outside. And he's flying down the street. And uh, like, you know, as the car goes faster, you slide out a little bit. Right. But by the time we're doing like 70, you know what I mean? So you're not just trying to let go. Are you on the passenger side or the driver's side? Driver's side. Hanging out the driver's window. So he's just there driving. You're like right here. Yep. He's just. And, um driving he tries to hit two cars as they're to squish you yeah to like knock me off he misses those two and i see him veering for like a uh, fire hydrant and have you seen king of new york 
Yes. Classic. When Lawrence he, Fishburne. Right. When he hits. Yeah. And the body's just like. Stuck. Stone. Yeah. Like. And in my mind, that was. That cool. shit flashed up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right. So I was like, nah. That's Started today. ringing out shots. Right. And then my gun jammed. And so, like, I was like, fuck it. We're here. Right. And let go of the car. And then, like, you know, they came and got me with the shock trauma, all that. And they found him a couple weeks later. They found him? Oh, he got away. Mm -hmm. They found his car. So he bails out of the car. They found his car, like, broken glass and, like, blood all over his seat. And he got away, and they found him in the Southwest a couple weeks later. Wow. Yeah. So. So you hit the canvas going, what, 50, 60 miles an hour? Yeah. Rolled my vest. Like, I felt like on my back. Rolled my vest, like, halfway down the block. Uh, yeah. Road rash. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Right above the ass crack, bro. Ah. Uh, yeah. Shitting was not fun, but. At all. <laughs> yeah. He drugged me like a mile. So. Damn. Yeah. But, yeah. So, that was my introduction to. Policing. Yes. To shit everything. is real. To shit is real. Because you never think it can happen to you. Right. And, like I said, you know, diagnosed me pretty quickly with PTSD. And just. They just. I don't think they were interested in helping back then. Right. You know, so that's kind of become a thing I do. Like, if I got somebody that works for me, if I come across somebody who went through something, you know, I check back in with them, ask a series of questions. Because there are questions you can ask to see, like, are they really dealing with it? Because everyone's like, no, I'm good. You know, no, I'm fine. Right. And you ask a couple questions, then you can just dive into it. Mm. But yeah. That's the thing about our profession is that, like, Officers hate to come across as weak. We could be going yeah. through so much shit. And it's like, hey, you good? It's like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Well, also, um, a lot of times in those situations, you're constantly replaying what happened. Yeah. And you're constantly Monday morning quarterbacking yourself. A thousand percent. And then also there's guilt and shame that come with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The fact that my mom had to come to the hospital. She had to bring me new clothes. They had to cut my clothes off of me. They... Like the littlest things bring you guilt. It's true. You know what I mean? And so that also plays into people just not want to talk about it. Yeah. And it's still taboo. And especially for black people, therapy is still taboo. And you know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things like, hey, I just deal with it. And but like I said, I lost probably, if I was 22, I probably didn't come up for air until I was about 30. Yeah. So like years of my life just... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just fucking with that and not taking it serious. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Mm -hmm. What did that do to you as a, as being a father? Um, you try, like, so luckily my son was so young. Um, little kids don't really pick up on it as much. And as long as you're doing kind of the things you're supposed to do, you know, but it definitely made it hard to, uh, be mentally there all the time, right. right? And then when you're not sleeping, right? I'm tired the next day. And then when you're, yep. you know what I mean? Like it had its like ripple effects into fatherhood. Mm. But yeah. That's dope, wow. Uh, I love the wellness. What, what do you think about the wellness now? Um, it's a good start, I think. So they call you, you know, ask a couple questions and that's really it. And they're like, hey, call me if you need anything. Right. But if you've been through that, you know, that's not how it works. Right. Right. I'm never going to fucking call you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you have to kind of circle back a couple mm. weeks later. And really, you can't call. Mm. Like, you have to, like, show up. Like, whenever dude comes back to work, 
show up where's that hey come on let's walk and talk for a little bit you know what i mean yeah, like be intentional yeah and I, and i get like they have a lot going on and they don't have that many people but also i just don't think they know that that's how you have to do it right you know what i mean like some dudes you have to corner them yeah you know what i'm saying like no you're not gonna give me a two-word answer no, i'm good we gotta talk we are going to talk right you know um after my second shooting a dude recommended a book to me it's called on killing and it's written by a military general an army general who's a psychologist but it talks about the impacts of killing people and how we're not designed to do it and all this so that's a book i recommend to dudes who maybe um like you can see that they're they want to open up but they're not you know mm-hmm. quite ready like on a little the fence. right hey let's read this book together you know what I mean? Like, I'll check in with you on this day. Have read this part of it, and we'll mm-hmm. talk. And that normally gets them to open up. Nice. Wow. Yeah. But how was the second shooting? It was nothing compared to the first one. Nothing. I mean, it okay. sucked. You know what I mean? But it was like, okay, here we. This this must be. Here what, we go. Yeah, this must be what this is for me. Wow. I really thought like this is just how my life is gonna. Because I was twenty four. Two years later. Three years later, maybe. Yeah, maybe 25. 24, wow. 25. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Back in, now this is uh, doing drug work or just back yeah. in, okay. In drugs. Um, they had a, someone came over the radio. Hey, this dude's in the Burger King. He's got a gun. And we were coming from a meeting downtown. And, because uh, I was at SES at the time. Mm-hmm. And they were telling us they were putting us on permanent night work. You know what I mean? So coming back from the meeting, and it was crazy because I wanted to go to the meeting in flip-flops. And my sergeant was like, absolutely not. <laughs> he made me put my shit on. He said, you're bugging. Yeah, he yeah. was like, you're not doing that. So he made me put my shit on. I was upset about it. And we're driving back, and we're arguing over whether we're going to Chipotle or not. Mm-hmm. Dude comes across the radio. Hey, this dude's running out of the Burger King. He's got a gun. He's wearing this. He's running into the projects. It was at uh, Douglas Holmes. Oh, boy. The famous Douglas Holmes. Right. Yeah. So we're like, we're right here. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like, all right, fuck. It's always like, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. Let's go. You know what I mean? And the dude, like I saw him shoot across the courtyard. I mean, he was running like a fucking deer. Wow. And Like a banshee. Gun like in hand. moving. Gun in hand. Yeah. So he's running and a couple dudes, we catch him and we pin him against the fence and we're all fist fighting. And this is like, how poorly trained we were back in the day. We're all fist fighting over a gun. Mm-hmm. So we're all, you know, fist fighting. And then uh, the dude like doubles over and a kid in my squad pulls his gun out. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? I put your gun away. Right. You're crazy. It's a fight. It's a fight. Yeah, but he's like, Kyle, he has a gun. Like, what are you doing? Right. And so he was like, hey, yo, drop the gun, drop the gun. He didn't. Right, you do the math. But that one was. There's a no brainer. Yeah, it was, you know. But yeah, I mean, he, I felt bad for his family. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. the, and also the, um, the finality of the things we do mm. struck me, right? Like this and he's gone mm. and someone's just gone from existence. And, and that's the thing that people don't understand that like we deal with that. Yeah. They think like, oh yeah, you wanted to do that. No. Yeah. And so I was married at the time to a police Oh, wow. And she was there and witnessed it. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. So that was like a whole nother layer of like stuff going on. But yeah. Really? Yeah, it was wild. But yeah. 
Would you say like that fucked the marriage up? No, I think my first one fucked it up more because I just would not. Oh. Uh, I mean, she begged me to get help. I just, gotcha. I just wouldn't. You know what I mean? Just refuse to. You're like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I got it. But like, even like, I would go to therapy mm-hmm. and I would lie to the therapist. You know what I mean? Like, you just didn't want to be just there. To get out just, of there. Just didn't want to do it. Just right. did not want to admit something was wrong. Did not want to admit my feelings were hurt. Like shit, like that. Right. And I think that just torpedoed it. And then this happened, and it was just kind of like. Yeah, are, y- are y'all going to overcome this? Right. No, you're not. And so that was just what it was. Mm. But yeah. yeah. Damn. How long was your first marriage? My only marriage. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little over a year. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were still legally married for a while, but like waiting for the divorce. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you think marriages will be ever will ever be successful in police work? Yeah. 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 I mean, our, like, our culture is so, I tell people all the time, our culture lends itself to people living double lives, right? Because the person you are at work is not who you are at home. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So that just, you just open the gate to. I mean, you have to be somebody else at work. Absolutely. You have to. But it just opens that door to, well, this guy would do these things that I probably wouldn't normally do at home. You know what I mean? It's just, how far into that rabbit hole will you go? And I just think, you know, it's something we don't talk about. We don't talk about marriage, right? right? We don't talk about being good husbands. We don't talk about being good dads. We don't, it's just not something police in general talk about or that a department pushes. I find like being a a, a officer is easier to be a better father than it is to be a better husband. I think just naturally it's easier to be a better father. Yeah. I think that's, you know what I mean? Like it's like, just that's our instinct. You. yeah, that's you. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that, my son is me. Absolutely. Cause when you with your kids, is that you're not thinking about the bullshit. Yeah. You know, but sometimes you might have a discussion with your spouse that brings up the bullshit. And also you have to want to be married, right? You have to want to be happy. Like yeah. a, a, lot of, you a lot of people married. get married and don't want to be married. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how do you okay. know when you don't want to be married? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, dude. I think you, uh, thing, you just, you, I think you stop caring. Yeah. Like you give up but in I, a sense. And people get married for like the wrong, the wrong reasons. reasons. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just going to be some in-house, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why dudes do it. And it's like, bro, that's not why you get married. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm supposed to come home, man. Yeah. It's not about the, you know, it's not about the kitty. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like so low. Is it though? Nah, bro. It's not Tell all me. about it. It's You need it. I need it consistently, but not, it's don't, so not low Not every day the, type yeah. shit. Not every day, but don't say no. Don't say no. <laughs> That sounds like a crime. <laughs> I mean, if I'm working 18 hours a day. But you, you know you, what? Bro. I th- <laughs> you, you, bro. I'm out of that, man. Uh, I think. Um, <laughs> LT, it's in a, a commission. So like, I'm worried about you know. Right. <laughs> I, I think. We're married, I think it's, you know, it, it, I think there needs to be constant communication. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, expectations for yeah. what you guys want you know and especially you know if you if you had a long day you know i think it's only your delivery well okay. I, I, you talk to somebody too i mean okay. I, th- I just think police are fucking scumbags sometimes <laughs> yeah and just implode their family unit because they're being selfish like so you know i i th- th- be honest you see that a lot 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there are some marriages where the communication is not there. Yeah. Grown apart. Okay. Cool. But a lot of times, like you just want to have your cake and eat it too. No. And instead of admitting that, right? Instead of saying, my wife's a great person. She's a great mom. Absolutely. I just want to do me on the side. Mm. Right? No, no, no. Now she's horrible. Now shit that right. Yeah. Now we don't sleep in the same bed. Now it's right. Come on, yeah. give me a fucking break. Like, you just want to do you, bro. I ain't here to judge. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you calling like it is. Now, yeah, a lot of them need to be honest though. They they should definitely. If you want side pussy, just be like, yeah, well, you know, I, you know, I like pussy. But what, what I like variety. Like, yeah, absolutely. I like them crazy and more than one at a time. Just say it. <laughs> just say it. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> There's no, it is what it is, There's bro. Nothing wrong with it. Right. Nobody's right. For perfect. me, it was like, I just wanted to be out drinking. Whatever. Cool. Talking shit. Yeah. Because for me, that was like my outlet so that when I come home, I don't have to talk about the job. Yeah. Right. Because I, I know I know me when I come home. Steam's blown off. I come home straight from like, you know, off the shift. I'm, I'm different. Yeah. I'm a little bit more like, like I still got it in me. Yeah. You got like, You got to jump into this. You got to jump into You got to jump into whatever mind-numbing activity you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I then it's it. like, what's up? What's up? All those things. Yeah. But by then it's 11, 12 o'clock at night. It's not fair to them either, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You like them crazy? Huh? You like them crazy? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not exactly normal, so. Right. <laughs> right. No, crazy. I mean, crazy is a little sexy. It's a fine line. It's a fine line. Fine Thank line. you. It's a fine line. It's right. Fine sometimes line. it's just not cute. No. Sometimes, sometimes it should be medicated. Yeah, absolutely. You know then I, mean? I don't like, want it. Well said. Yeah, then right. I don't want it. Yeah. Then I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you get home and they're sitting there waiting on you outside. Don't do that. No. Yeah. Yeah. That needs to be medicated. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fine line between this is hot and then schizophrenia. Yeah. Absolutely. You know so yeah. Yeah. You have to be wary. Definitely. Yeah. You can't put your dick in everything. No. No, sir. No. Nope. Too much to lose. Yeah. So tell us about Catharsis. The book. The book. Yeah. Um, Reading that you wrote or writing, has that always been an outlet for you? No. Really? No. So it was like a secret thing I always wanted to do. Wow. I just never did. And you know, COVID, everybody got into something during COVID. Most people got like real estate licenses or whatever. I was like, fuck it. You know what I mean? I was going to write a book. I'm not doing anything. I was on midnights. I just had so much time on my hands. I was like, fuck it. I'll write a book. Why not? Mm. And just jumped into it and did it. Yeah. You went all the way in. 100%. Yeah. There's, a, there's a Jewish proverb that says a man should always write a book. I'll obviously have a kid. And plant a tree. Yeah. 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 So you did it. Yeah. Was it hard? Like it takes the discipline, you know what I mean? Like I like people always ask, like, oh, I wanna write one. So just sit down and fucking write it. Like <laughs> But that's just, the thing though, sitting down and writing is probably the hardest part. I mean, there's strategies to like mm. so like in the writing, so what I do, right? Come up with like a storyline kinda, and you just make an outline of it. Right, you just write down a little outline, just the bullet points of what happens, and then you write each part, right, each outline part by itself, mm-hmm. and then they just come together, and then you have your characters, and you have certain things you want characters to do or backstories. You just kind of blend it all in. You made it sound so easy, right? I mean, like, think about like, was it hard for you guys to do a podcast? 
Yeah, once mm. once we sat down and really wanted to do it, you just do right, it. You just fucking did it. Like yeah. you, you work all the extra shit out. Yeah, yeah. you right. figure it out, right? Yeah. YouTube. There is YouTube. When I was trying to figure out, like, how do I YouTube? And most of like the published writers that are on there, they're like, just fucking do it. Mm. Just do it. Just write it. Just get it done. So why the title? Because uh, it is an interesting title. Because it's about a dude who's supposed to be kind of expelling his demons. And then... Is that what catharsis is? Yeah, it's like a getting it all out process. Nice. Yeah, so he's supposed to be exposing wow. his demons, but hey, yo. did he really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Commentary on vigilante justice. Okay. Like, do you agree with it or not? Is there a line to be drawn, but who draws the line? Hmm. Things like that. You remember uh, Arnisha Bowers? No. It's a girl who was murdered in the Northeast. The guys broke into her house, raped her, tortured her, set her on fire. Really? Up on Northeastern Avenue. Like, what What? what years was this? We were there. It's all we were there. Um, 2016, 17? What? You guys don't remember this. No. And this was what, that is what, because the guys got arrested. Did you find it? He's looking it up. The guys got arrested like a week later, right? And it was like. That's it. In the Northeast? Yeah. It was like on Northeastern Avenue, like up there off of Walther. Um, Three indicted and killing of a 16-year-old, Anisha Bowers. Wow. But see how like you guys worked there and didn't know? Yeah. It wasn't front page news. Gang charges. It wasn't, right? No, 2016, I was gone. You weren't there? I, was, I, was, I left after the riots. Oh, okay. Well, you were there. But still, though, that's pretty yeah, big, like, though. That's a heinous fucking crime. Absolutely. That people were just like, huh. You know what I mean? And I was like, bro, what if, like, there was someone who advocated for, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, there's someone in her family who was like, nah, it's just not, huh? It's just not okay. It's not. Like, it was, it was, and just how... I don't know. That bothered So you worked on that scene? No. Oh, but I heard okay. the story. You heard the story. And then, because I think I was in Northeast Drugs at the time. Okay. I heard the story, and they were kind of working out, like, what we were going to do about it. Mm-hmm. And the guys were caught. And then it was just over. Wow. And it was just... Just kept it moving. Yeah. And I it just... I was, like, shocked by that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like wait a this minute. This isn't a big deal to eat. Like, right. we're just past this. But, Yeah. So that kind of like yeah. started this? Yeah. Wow. That was kind of the the watershed moment, I guess. Yeah. So then you wrote the book during COVID? Yeah. I was in Southwest Midnights. Wow. Yeah. How long did it take you? About eight months. Really? Yeah. And that's a quick, kind of a quick write. And where can we find it? Like Amazon. Just Google my name, Kyle Gaskin. It'll come up. I'm not Google my name. Type Kyle Gaskin in the Amazon search bar. Right. Sorry. And it'll pop up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like 12 bucks. Like That's dope. Yeah. Quick read. I wrote yeah, I was going to say it's a quick read. I wrote it so that it was intense. It's like 300 pages, but it you get through it quick. So I, I did not want it to be a heavy lift for anybody reading it. So the story is about this guy who wants to... The story is about a guy whose daughter is raped and murdered, like Anisha Bowers. And he goes through a whole process of mm. getting his. But then get back. But does that make you feel any better? Revenge. Right? Does it? Does it? You gotta read and find out. But that's what the reader contends with. You know what I mean? Mm. And also there are points in it where it's like, is this going too far? You know what I mean? 
That's dope, man. Shout out to you. Coming. Did you did you have any writing experience in like high school? Absolutely comp? not. Fuck no. I wow. barely finished high school. Not at all. It's yeah. a good looking book. Thanks. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. That's dope. Amazon lets you self-publish it. So you like you just download it into Amazon, you format it how you want. That's sick. And you order it. Like I ordered a couple copies for myself just to make sure it looked okay. Mm-hmm. And then you can go live with it. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. So uh any other books moving forward? Do you think you're gonna continue this? Yeah, I'm gonna start. So I have the concept for my second one. Um I'm going to Argentina in a couple weeks. So my original plan was to finish this in Argentina. Mm, Don't know wow. why. That's just some cool shit. Why not? That would be fucking cool, right? Right. Drink some coffee and shit. Right. Right. COVID happened, so right. I finish it in my fucking basement. Mm. But I'll start the second one in Argentina. Nice. Mm. That'll probably be... It'll be... So I'm not going to publish the next one through Amazon. Mm-hmm. Because with Amazon, like all the distribution and publishing, I mean, and the marketing is on you. Right. And since like I don't really like talking to people, so that's a struggle. Right. So, you know, I'll probably have it out of publisher by probably February. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's looking dope. at twenty twenty four, it'll be ready. Nice. It'll be live, yeah. But that one I think that one would be like seven hundred pages. Nice. I'm going for like a anthology vibe for that one. Anthology anthology. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I mean we'll see how it works out though. Cause the and also the thing with Amazon when you self-publish, like you have the creative control, like whatever you want to do with your book, wherever you want the story to go, it's you. Can't right. nobody say no. You go to publishers and agents; they have a say in that. Yeah. So, in Amazon, I mean, they know how to move books, so that's what they. Yeah, and I mean, like what they specialize in, like whatever, right? You know what I mean? Like I'm not like Da Vinci, right? You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. the Sistine Chapel. Like you can have an input. You know what I'm saying? Like right, I'm not. Right. Yeah. So it's like, whatever, yeah. <laughs> you think it should end like that? Cool. Right. Like send it to California. Yeah, but. knock yourself out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So what's next for you, man? How much, how much time you got on now? I'm in my 17th year. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do the full 25. Mm-hmm. You know, just as it goes. Um, I'm not sure if it's for me. Gotcha. Um, so... Yeah, be putting feelers out there, see what's what's what. Mm-hmm. You know, my son's seventeen; he'll be graduating high school, probably moving on to military or whatever, wherever. Mm-hmm. So I'm not tied to Maryland anymore. Right. Oh. So kind of just you can freelance it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just see see what comes with it. You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. Damn. Time flies. So something like it's kind of like what you said um, about the job. Like it's just the opportunity. This the job has given you this opportunity to experience or hear about the story that has led you to write. Yeah. And now you fell in love with writing. Yeah, I wouldn't say I fell in love with. That. Okay, so it's you, like something I like to do. Okay. I still in, but I still think I look for that. Like what I love to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Other than hell raising, like, what do I love to do? <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I think we all have a little bit of hell yeah, I don't know, I don't know if we ever outgrow that. But no, I don't think we ever will. Yeah. No, no. It's just certain people that just have it. Yeah. And it's in a good way. It's not like in a yeah, bad yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll see what comes, you know. So, will they see uh, police and or, or what do you tell people that want to come on board to do the job? That it's an opportunity. You, whatever you want to do with it, you can do. 
You know what I mean? Like my son, he's he'd been back and forth for a while. And even though me and the department have had our ups and downs, mm -hmm. um, I have told him like, hey, it is, it allowed me to feed you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, my son likes exercising. He's he's into all that typical SWAT dude. Right. right? That's what he reminds me of. <laughs> hey, cool. you, yeah, but like you could go do that. Right. Like that would. Absolutely. It would be easy for you. And you'd make as much money as you wanted. You'd you wouldn't put some federal or like. Whatever, like, whatever. It's, it's your wave, bro. As long yeah. as you're a productive member of society and thousand you're percent. happy, thousand percent. I've had it. Whatever. Yeah. Like I ain't. But yeah. So like I don't dissuade anybody from joining. I don't go around bashing it. You know. Like I said, the, the department's mad at me. Seems like every other year. Mm -hmm. But you know. We uh, still sit on the podcast all the time where everybody was speaking. So it's still the best job in the world. The job itself, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, that's fucking amazing. Job. Nothing more awesome. No, nothing, bro, bro. It's just you the mean politics. To, you mean to tell me, <laughs> yeah, I can't hang out with my homeboys, yeah, and fucking chase bad guys, right? What's up? What's up? Where we going? Crashing cars? What Shit's happened? on fire, right? And you pay me when I'm done, right? Hey, fuck out of here. Sign the me up. Best fucking job. Sign on me the fuck up. Yeah, you get in that car, you're your own fucking boss. Eight and a half, 12 hours. Yeah. However long you want to be here. Whatever you want. I want to do traffic today. Yeah. I want to fucking just get out and talk to the community. I'm just going to walk around. I'm just going to walk around. Look good. Walk around. Yeah. Fuck What's it. Parking lot pimping. That's it. All day. Listen right. to music. It's Whatever. The best Whatever. job on the earth. And you, you I'll, I'll say it. The politicians, the, the people that do not know about, I'm not going to say politicians, but I will say the people that do not know, that have never worn a gun belt and think that they can dictate the way we do the job, have ruined the job. So I I disagree. It's okay. Not, it's not them that have ruined it. It's the people that have worn the gun belt but have Allowed them? placated them. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's better said than me. I mean, you are the like, author. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, right, that's their job. No, is but to yeah. try to tell the police how to do what they, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the job of someone wearing our uniform to be like, you worry about uh, yeah, like, roads and whatever. Right. right. And Budgets. I got this and, like, kick rocks. Like, well you know said. what I'm saying? Well said. But, I mean, it has to be said because... Yeah. We, we're seen, seeing the effects. I was gonna. I was just about to say. You've seen recruitment nationwide. Why do you think that? Why? I grew up watching Speed and Die Hard and shit like that. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like other little boys grew up doing that too, and they don't want to be cops. Why? Why? Because look at you know what I mean. We're passing a bill that you can't stop cars for X, Y, and Z because it's not fair. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Stop like pacifying. Nobody shit, wants man. to deal with that. No, you know what I mean. So it's yeah. whatever. Y five zero. The original one, right? Yeah. The original one. Fucking mustache and Detroit Tigers ball cap. Absolutely. <laughs> talking and now you ready? Waves. <laughs> My man. Fuck yeah. Lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. What? Beverly Hills Cop. Classic. Axel Foley. Come on. Come on. Forty-eight hours. Forty-eight hours. And he killed both of them. Yeah. yeah. Nah, I agree. This, Die uh, hard. I love it. 
I watch that every Christmas. I get shit drunk every Christmas Eve and watch it. Which one? My son. Which one? Which the one? First one. Yeah, the first, first one. one. Yeah. yeah. Nakatomi Towers. All day. Nah, man. All day. It's a fucking Christmas movie. Thank you. It is. I, bro, when I say I get it is a Christmas shit movie. While yeah. I watch that on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my son every Christmas Eve. Fuck the Christmas story. You watch that. No, yeah. no, no. I watch Christmas story. That's during the day. Twenty four seven, bro. So nah, actually, and Christmas vacation, Chevy Chase, holla. Yeah. Christmas Eve, I watch Die Hard. Griswolds. Yeah. Christmas Day, I watch Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> Griswolds. Claude. Griswolds. With the white tips. I'm all about the Die Hard New York. Yeah. The New Fuck York yeah. one. Uh, shit. Okay, it's Die Hard with a Vengeance. Fuck yeah. Yeah, all the Die Hards. I mean, really, realistically, it's phenomenal yeah, it's, movies, bro. Going with Sam Jackson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sam Jackson yeah. killed that role. Killed it. They were doing puzzles and shit and riddles yeah. all throughout New York City. I mean, John McClane showed up with a hangover. John McClane. Right. How about right. that? What a way to right. go in there. Killed like How six, realistic is he, that, though? He killed six dudes in an elevator. Right. Mm. And a wife beater with a hangover. Yeah. yeah. Hangover. Like, fuck yeah. In an fuck yeah. Homeboy was wearing, because yeah. he was wearing his homeboy right. badge. He's wearing his homeboy badge. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. Who doesn't want to do that? What eight-year-old doesn't see that and thinks, man, that's going to be me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about those old school movies, man. Terminator, Commando. How many dudes did he oh, kill? You son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan! He killed a whole country. <laughs> I saw Arnold. He, he invaded the, an island. <laughs> he flipped a Porsche. Right. Right? He invaded an island by himself and killed the whole army. But the best part is the way he goes to like a chain link fence. It's a chain link fence with a master lock. He just rips it off. Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, pulls the seat out, pulls the seat out of the Porsche. Yeah, because he quit fit. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Right. That's like like Sly like, and fucking Cobra. I mean, right. oh, yeah. great movie. Cobra was dope. Co Cobra's amazing. Yeah, the ivory handle joint. Amazing. Great movie. Yo, you know who's a fucking deadly dude? Charlie Bronson, dog. Charles Bronson? The inmate or the actor? The like in the show in the movie. Oh, okay. Like, Do you know there's a British inmate that they named Charlie Bronson? You guys didn't know this? I didn't wait, know that. Tom, Tom Hardy plays in a movie called Bronson. Wait, wait, wait. Is that no? That's not the one with the twins. He's not no, a twin. No, that's Legend. That's Legend. It's a movie called Bronson. Fucking Tom Hardy plays in it. It's about England's most expensive inmate. It's a dude who's fucking crazy as shit, but his fighting name was Charlie Bronson. Oh. And like the movie's about how he spent like twenty five years in solitary. And like kidnap people and like really, it's an awesome movie. Like I'm gonna check it out. When did it come he's out? A, he's a talented actor. Oh, it's, it's an old one. It's just Bronson, bro. Bronson. Like Bronson it's movie. Bronson. Tom Hardy's a beast. Yeah, and it was. This is before he did all the big. Shit. Really? Oh shit! But the dude, Bronson, the real guy. He said he was like, "Nah, this dude played me like so fucking well." But wow. yeah, that's dope. I'm yeah. talking about like Death Wish, Charlie Bronson. Yeah, I don't know. Never seen yeah. one. What? Like 70s? Uh -huh. Yeah. Nope. My uncles used to watch that shit, so I just oh, watched okay. it. I think 80s is the best movies ever made. Top to bottom in every genre. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 80s baby holla. Nah, it's dope. Yeah. Wow. That was... uh in the world, man. Yo, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. That means everything, bro. Yeah, like, for your sure. guys' schedule and my agoraphobia prevented this for years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. Nah, it's awesome. Yeah, because it's been a while. I'm like, yo, you got to come on. You gotta yeah, come yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, been it in the making for a while, though. Our it schedule happens. just never tied up. Yeah, that's true. So it's perfect. Fuck yeah. The book. Yep. On Amazon. Catharsis. Check it out. 
phenomenal. I can't wait for the second book, and I'm gonna buy one. He and it, this is a, this is our this is our book he gave us. And he signed copy. off in it. Their copy. Fire. Pro bono. Bro, and you want to give any shout outs before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, I want to shout out my man Antoine Lewis. Uh, yes, okay. we got to get him yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. LL13 Fitness. Yes. Oh, yeah. When I say this dude is the best yes. trainer in America, yeah. this dude committed knows what the fuck he's doing. Yes, he does. I, I used to go to him, right? He's expensive. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> I used to go to him twice a week. You go to Antoine Lewis twice a week. Yeah. You can eat whatever the fuck you want. Right. I uh, love soda. I love soda, right? And beer. Who doesn't? Right. I can drink as much soda as I fucking wanted to. Yeah. It didn't matter. Twice a week, I was with Antoine. So check him out. LL13 Fitness. Yeah. Best Twan, dude out there. Antoine is the man. We got to get him on. I know we were supposed to talk about uh, coming in more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. He, uh, he worked for me when he quit to go open his gym. Wow. Mm. Isn't that such a fucking bravery, like, leap of faith? Oh, man. I was so worried it's like, about him what? when he did it. Yeah. It's like, you're leaving this to do the that? Net. The safety the net. Sa- and then- and this is right after COVID, right? Right. And I'm like, bro, what if there's another COVID? Like, right. You know, he's like, that's the leap of faith you take. Yeah. Like, he's the dude who taught me, like, this isn't everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really found himself outside of it. And just, like, to say I'm so proud of him, like, one, one, it's clear that this is what he was meant to do. Yeah. But the fact that he just grabbed the bull by the balls, he went out and did it, and he's doing so well. You know what I mean? But yeah, everybody listening, you know, sign up. Best, best fucking trainer out there. Love him. Yep. Tuan, we love you, brother. Good brother. He's going, we're definitely going to get him on. We just got to get these dates straight now, because he's busy like us. But uh, yeah, definitely. Dre. Peace and love. Buy the book on Amazon. That's it. Catharsis. Triple C. Bless it all the peacemakers. My peoples, we appreciate you. We love you. I want to thank my brother Kyle for coming out. Uh, his words of encouragement, his words about the job, real life shit. The guy's an author. I mean, it don't get no better. Just take life by the balls and you just do what you want to do and enjoy doing it. But work hard have a work ethic and you could be and accomplish whatever you want we appreciate him we appreciate you don't forget July 11th third annual law enforcement happy hour uh, tavern what is it Fells Point Tavern Fells Point Tavern <laughs> July 11th tell a friend to tell a friend we love you we appreciate you see you next week Deuce. peace expressed on the Silverback Chronicles podcasts are those of the hosts, producers, and or the guest appearing on the program. They do not reflect the views and opinions of the federal, state, or local government. This includes but not exclusive to the Department of Defense, Homeland, and the Baltimore City Police Department. The Silverback Chronicles podcast with Dre, Big H, and Triple C. Hit the subscribe button, like and comment.